The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Very good. Thank you. That's the Palmore family. We appreciate them and all they do in serving here. I'm going to speak to you for 30 minutes, and then we're going to give an invitation, and then uh, we'll uh, go our separate ways. We do have an evening night service. I'd like for you to attend if you would. That'd be at 6 p.m., and that could be a great, great blessing to you. Back in Romans chapter 13 and verse 7, the Bible says, Render therefore to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. And I want to speak this morning, I think it will be helpful on honoring veterans, honoring veterans. Now, as I speak on this this morning, you're going to see Bible principles that can help you as an individual believer. It was back in July of 1863, General Robert E. Lee had his army, and they were uh, called the Northern Virginians. Uh, 75,000 men there was that was under his employment. There was also a Union Army that was called the Potomac, and that was under General George G. Meade. They met at a place uh, that was called Gettysburg. 75,000 Confederate soldiers, 97,000 Union soldiers. It was not a planned meeting. In other words, they did not structurally sit down, each one of them, in their planning meetings or their planning tents and say, on this day, we're going to converge there in the fields of Gettysburg for a mighty battle, but they did. It was three days in July 1863. The soil was full of blood. 172,000 troops bombarded each other. There were 634 cannons. There was 569 tons of ammunition. By the end of the three days, there was over 8,000 soldiers that lie dead on the battlefields. Over 5,000 horses lie dead on the battlefields. 27,000 was wounded. 11,000 were captured or were missing. They said that that was the greatest battle that ever took place on American soil. And by the way, since then, there's been none greater that has taken so many lives. As uh, President Lincoln, our president, 16th president of the United States at that time, later on gave tribute to those that gave their lives on the battlefield. He began a speech. It was back, of course, uh, after all had taken place on November the 19th. Recently, I preached uh, up there in that area. I grew up not too far from Gettysburg, and so I knew that it was on November the 19th that President Lincoln gave his speech, and it just so happened uh, that I was preaching in that area about a year ago, uh, doing a banquet for a church, and I was able to travel up there uh, to see some of the reenactments before I flew back home. But uh, in that speech, he said this. He started it by saying four score, and then he talks about the battle, talks about the war, and he says this. He says, we have come today dedicate. And then there was a pause there in the long speech that he gave, and he said this uh, sentence. He said, those brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have dedicated it far beyond our poor uh, power to be able to add or distract. And it's so with those that serve in our military forces. No matter what we would try to do on a day like today, we fall far short. No matter how we try to be able to say thank you, we fall far 
short. There's been a lot of wars that America has been involved in. There was the American Revolution. Then there was the Civil War. There was World War I and World War II. There was the Korean War, Vietnam War, Desert Storm, Operation Enduring Freedom, the Iraqi War, and of course the continual war that we fight every day of our lives, the war on terrorism. It was Dwight D. Eisenhower, who was the president of our country from 1953 to 1961, and he received a letter from an eight-year-old boy. The eight-year-old boy said this, after listening to the news about the Cold War, I'm worried, this is written by an eight-year-old boy, I'm worried about the world. In thinking it over, I have a plan, the eight-year-old boy said. Let's get all the leaders together that want to go to war, put them in a ring, and let them fight it out for themselves. <laughs> that was from an eight-year-old boy. It was General Sherman that said this. He said that you don't know how horrible the aspects of war really is. I've been through two wars that I know. I've seen cities and homes in ashes. I've seen thousands of men lying on the ground with their face looking upward at the skies. In World War II, uh, we learned this. There were 61 countries involved. There was 1.7 billion people that was involved in World War II. That was three-fourths of the world's population at that time. Uh, they say that money spent just in World War II was $1 trillion to fight the war. There was five to six million Jews that were killed in Holocaust. 55 million people lie dead at the end of that great war. 25 million of that 55 million were military. 30 million of that 55 billion were civilians. Someone wrote this, a veteran is not a preacher, but he does give us a religious freedom. A veteran is not a reporter, but he does give us the freedom of press. A veteran is not a poet, but he does give us the freedom of speech. A veteran is not a campus organizer, but he does give us the freedom to assemble. A veteran is not a lawyer, but he does give us the right to free trial. A veteran is not a politician, but he gives us the right to vote. A veteran who salutes the flag, serves under the flag, and is a true veteran. You know, the Bible talks a lot about uh, the way that we should live our lives. And there is similarities, if you would please, that we have with those that have served as veterans. Statement number one, I want to give you three statements this morning with follow-up. But statement number one is to obey the commander. I thank God we have a commander-in-chief. By the way, I thank God we have a commander-in-chief that's proud of America. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible talks about the commander, if you would please, how we're supposed to obey the commander. Now, this is talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. As a Christian that is in the military service, certainly we understand the importance of obeying our great commander. As a Christian, you and I ought to understand the vital importance 
importance it is of obeying our great commander. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, the Bible says, uh, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. It is very important that you and I understand as Christians that uh, we do have that which is the responsibility of obeying our commander, our great commander, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. It was said about, uh, 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 I'm reading this as it was given, it was said about a blowhard uh, Air Force Major uh, that was promoted to that which is general. One day uh, he was in the office and he was uh, trying to impress everybody that came in and there showed up an airman and uh, uh, he tried to impress. I mean, he's just been instated as a, as, as a colonel and so he tried to impress the airman and so he picked up the phone as the airman walked in and uh, he was talking to somebody on the phone and said, yes, he said, I understand the authority that I have now and yes, I'm going to make sure that everybody follows orders and I'm going to make sure that everybody walks the way that they certainly ought to walk and he held a little lengthy conversation uh, basically saying yes I am in charge and so finally he hung up the phone and he said to the airman how can I help you he said sir I'm just here to connect up your phone now may I say, uh, some people pretend to be in authority while other people truly are in authority. We think, can thank God that God has given us uh, that which is a great nation. I'll wait for the amens on that one. I said we can thank God that God has truly given us a great nation. Our nation has always been prosperous. Our nation has always been that which has stood for that which is the freedom of that which is the known world. And can I say, we ought to thank God that God has given us such a nation. We ought to thank God that God has given us men and women that stand uh, in the battlefields around the world and protecting that which is a freedom of all kinds around the world. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22, the Bible says, uh, he hath put, it says, all things under his uh, feet and gave him the head over all things uh, to the church and so as I said uh, the commander the great commander is the Lord Jesus Christ you know I don't know why but it seems like that some churches are like funeral services I don't think it ought to be that way I think that you ought to go to a church or somebody has a little bit of info about them to be able to uh, instruct and to be able to teach and be able to preach and Help us to understand the riches of God's word uh, in joining that which is the Navy. There was a young recruit, and the young recruit said, I need a pass, and they gave him a pass, and uh, he was going to get married uh, that night, Sunday night. He was supposed to get married, and uh, they instructed him, you have to be back on the base by 7 o'clock, and he said, but you don't understand, I'm getting married tonight, and they replied, but you don't understand, uh, you're in the Navy now. Now, can I tell you, sometimes we have to be able to understand uh, where we are. You know, mm, Christians get their feelings hurt. And, uh, oh, you see people all the time that go from church to church to church to church. And uh, somebody hurts their feelings. Or, or the man of God gets up and the man of God opens the word of God. And he begins to preach that which is the infallible riches of the word of God. And somebody gets upset. And somebody says, well, I'll tell you what. I guess I'll just move my 
membership. Hey, how about this instead of that? Here's something that could be a good shock to your system. How about just deciding that you'll obey God and stay put where God can work in your heart? Uh, there was a lady that was on an airplane, and she was so amazed. The man sitting beside her, had, oh, he was so polite, just so polite. She began to think in her heart, well, he must either be from the South where they still teach manners or, or maybe, maybe he's in the service. And so she asked, she said, are you in the service? He said, yes, ma'am, I am. She said, well, uh, you're going home? He said, yes, ma'am, I've been in Operation Desert Storm uh, for over a year and a half, and uh, now I'm heading home. She said, well, uh, I'm curious, are you excited about being home? She, he said, oh, I'm so excited about being home. I've not been home for a year and a half. Can't wait to see my wife and can't wait to see the children. She said, well, when you were in the Middle East, did you miss your family? He said, no. He said, no, no, ma'am. I didn't miss my family over there because we have always been taught not to think about the things that could be, but only think about the things that are presently in front of us. Now, can I say, uh, so many times, here's what we do. We think about the things that could be, and we have hopes, and we have dreams, and there's nothing wrong, my dear friend, with having hopes and having dreams, but sometimes we dream so much that we don't serve Jesus Christ today. Uh, don't wait till you're half dead. Don't wait until you uh, get ready to take your last uh, step before you serve Jesus Christ. Now today is the day to serve Christ. Today is the day to get involved. Today is the day to put your best foot forward and uh, make sure that you serve that which is your commander-in-chief. Uh, I'm talking about the greatest commander-in-chief, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, the Bible says, uh, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not uh, the things that I say? You know, you and I ought to decide that we're going to serve him. We're, by the way, uh, an obedient Christian is somebody that makes an excellent citizen. I've seen other people that make excellent citizens that uh, make lousy Christians. But can I say for the believer, you ought to put Christ first and let Christ help you uh, to be able to do what you're supposed to do and you'll make a good citizen. Statement number one, I said obey the commander. Uh, these are things we have in common with veterans. Statement number two, engage the enemy engage the enemy. I have several friends that are police officers, and just like those that's in the military, when they hear gunshots, they don't hide from them. They don't run from them. They run to them. Engage the enemy. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, the Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I'm saying uh, uh, make sure you engage the right enemy. Uh, it was over in Seattle, and this is a true story. An 18-year-old boy decided he would steal a police car. Now, the policeman was in uh, getting coffee, and for some reason, he left the keys in the car, and the car was running. And so this 18-year-old boy comes along and jumps in the police car. Well, he takes off like a house of fire. He decides to have a joyride. And so as he's riding down the streets with very little restraint, and as he's speeding all throughout the city, uh, 
all of a sudden another police car was summoned and that police car started to chase him and as uh, they started to chase him he lost him I mean the boy was just cutting every corner and he lost him well here comes another police car and thought that the second police car was the boy that was trying to get away and so the second police car uh, if you would please or that third police car that's got involved ran that second police car the boys in the first police car getting away and that second police car got ran by that third police car and the the second police car thought that oh uh, that boy's attacking us and so they pulled out their guns and they started shooting at each other then they realized we're shooting at each other know who your enemy is don't shoot at each other inside of the church now, by the way don't use real guns but don't use voice either you know don't be somebody if you would please that's cutting somebody down well, you know, they don't look like me. Well, we thank God for that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. But can I tell you, listen, you know, thank God that we have the privilege to come to church. We have the privilege to have good singing. I preach all over the nation, and, and uh, I thank God for our church, and I thank God for the people that we have here and the warm reception that we have and try to help people and love people and encourage people. Can I say this this morning? Can I say engage uh, the enemy? But be sure that you engage the right enemy. Uh, Joe Lewis became the heavyweight boxing champion of the world in 1934. In 1934, he defended his title 25 times in those 15 years and won. Bill Stern began to ask Joe some questions, and he says, how is it that you're able to knock them out as quickly as you knock them out? Joe thought for a while, and he said, well, first off, he said, I study my opponent until I know my opponent better than he knows himself. Number two, he says, then I plan my attack. Now, can I tell you, you have an opponent. Oh, it's not the one sitting beside you. It's not the one sitting behind you. It's not the one sitting in front of you. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring liar, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You know the devil's not pleased you're in church today. It's not. He's not pleased, to, as you'll be in church tonight, he's not pleased about that. Because you see, uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the more word of God that you get inside of you, the more you'll have a desire to be like Christ. The more that you have a desire to be like Christ, the more helpful you'll be in others coming to know Christ. And the devil doesn't want that. The devil doesn't want people saved. The devil doesn't want people's, you know, if I were you, I'd stick my nose up at the devil and say, I'm going to go to church tonight. I'd stick my nose up at the devil and say, I'm going to be in church on Wednesday night. Amen. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Uh, one deacon was praying for revival, and he came every Wednesday night prior to the service, and he started praying and asking God for revival. And this was his prayer every Wednesday night. Oh, Lord, clean out all the cobwebs out of my life and out of my ears so I can hear God speaking to me. I think a lot of times we have cobwebs in our ears. You know, things that just clog it up. 
so that we don't see. Statement number one, I'm talking about this morning how you and I can be all that we ought to be in honoring our veterans and also uh, planning a life where we can live to be able to honor our great, great commander, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, how do we do that? Statement number one, obey the commander. Statement number two, engage the enemy. Statement number three, and I'm done, fight to the end. Fight to the end. Uh, a man said, uh, he said this, he said, a young friend of mine, he said, got back from boot camp. And he said, uh, boy, it was, it was just awful, he said. It was just awful. He said, they woke me up at ungodly hours. He said, they expected me to be everywhere I was supposed to be 24-7. Uh, uh, I mean, just right, right there. And he said, the stew. He said, one day, he said, I was complaining. And the stew was absolutely horrendously bad. And he said, so I was complaining. And he said, I made the mistake of playing, uh, complaining to the sergeant. And the sergeant replied, uh, certainly, soldier, you may have an opinion. And here's what you can do with your opinion uh, and that soup. You can either take it or leave it but we're not changing the stew. Now, can I tell you, sometimes we just have to take things or leave things. You know what I'm saying? You're in traffic. What are you really going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay the horn on. Well, that's good exercise for your horn, but that's not really going to accomplish much, is it? Oh, but I'll tell you what, I'll put my fist in the air. Well, that might help to exercise your fingers. That might not help much. Hello, I was talking to a man most recently, and uh, I said, what in the world happened to your hand? He said, I hit the wall. I said, did, did it help? He said, no. Now, can I tell you, uh, learn to fight to the end, but fight that right enemy. There was a fellow by the name of Gentleman Jim, and he was known in the early 1900s. He was also a heavyweight boxer, held the title for five years, and he said this. He said, uh, I always looked at one more round because that's what my coach taught me to do. He said, I remember the first time I got my nose broke, and the coach would just look at me with no sympathy whatsoever and just say, one more round. One more round. He said, then all of a sudden, the guy hit me, and he said, man, just, just almost busted out my, my tooth, and he said, I'm bleeding out the side, and he said, I was looking at uh, my coach over there, and the coach would say, one more round, one more round. And I think sometimes, you know, people, <laughs> we're not careful. We don't look at it from the perspective of, okay, I'm just going to go one more round, one more round, one more round. By the way, let me encourage those of you It's on a weight deduction program. You don't lose all of your weight overnight. You didn't gain it overnight. It's kind of funny. People come to my office all the time and they say, our marriage is a wreck. Preacher, it's a wreck. Help me straighten it out. I said, how long did it take you to get into a wreck? Well, about 17 years. Well, you know, it might take more than 17 minutes to straighten it out. I'm saying this, I'm saying uh, uh, fight to the end for those things that are healthy and those things that are good and those things that are honest. Winston Churchill said this, of course, uh, Churchill is the one that rallied the Britons together, the Brits, and in his mem uh, memorable speech, he said this, he said, we will fight them on the beaches, we will fight them on the landings, we will fight them in the fields, we will fight them in the streets, we will fight them in the hills, but we we shall never 
surrender. Now, may I say that uh, we need to look at this from the perspective of how we ought to fight to stay faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ and the things of God. You have that old flesh. You know how it is. That old flesh is used to doing old fleshly things. Well, you know, the flesh doesn't want to obey God. The flesh doesn't want to please God. The flesh doesn't want to put Christ first. Hey, but what should we do? We ought to do like Paul. Paul said, I die daily. Paul said, I mortify the flesh. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and in verse 7, he says, I fought a good fight. He said, I finished my course. He said, I've kept the faith. Now, what do you do? You just keep going and just keep going and just keep going and just keep going and just keep going. It was John Stuart Miller that said this. He was a, a philosopher that lived over in London, England. He died in 1873, and he said, war is ugly. He said, it's ugly. It's probably one of the ugliest things I've ever seen. He says, the, uh, the decayed, and that which is the degraded state of, of uh, patriotism, however, I think is far worse. He said, a person uh, that has nothing uh, is not willing to fight for nothing, but we in our country have it all, and we should be willing to fight for it all. I think that's very well said. God has given us, I travel, I travel in many different countries, many, many different countries. I've preached in many different cities around the world, and can I tell you this, there's no place like this place. We ought to thank God that God has given us what he's given us in our country. We ought to thank God that God has given us what God has given us uh, in our cities. We ought to thank God that God has given us what God has given us, dear child of God, in our church. We ought to be thankful. We ought to be able to honor the veterans and be able to honor uh, that which is our president here in the United States. And yes, yes, even more than that, honor, honor our Supreme Commander-in-Chief, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.